Welcome back to Beers and Buckets. We're so glad that you guys joined us today. Um, I'm always here. I'm the one that produces it, so I'm always going to be on. But my name is Connor Caldwell. You can find me on Twitter at Connor J. Caldwell. It's Connor with an E. Um, we are also joined by Kyle. Yes, sir. How we doing, uh, fellow kids? Um, <laughs> yeah. At UK fan, at UK fan Kyle on Twitter. Um, I'm just excited to be here again and talking about some uh, good matchups we saw over the weekend in college basketball, and it's starting to starting to heat up. And we've got a short week this week, and we got turkey coming up and and all that. So uh, I'm excited to get it going. Yeah, we uh, we are unfortunately missing our two regulars and uh, Matt and Dow. They are not able to record tonight. This is Sunday night, by the way. So we reached out on Twitter to a couple of connections that we had, and I reached out to one of the most underrated bucket watchers that you have on Twitter that you could definitely follow, and that is none other than Bradley Smith. Bradley, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm on Twitter at 270BradleySmith, and uh, got my podcast out. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Bradley's Basketball Banner. Uh, huge UK fan, but I, I watch anytime basketball's on. I watched uh, a couple weeks ago Austin P versus Life University. I didn't know Life <laughs> University was a real thing, uh, but anyway, I think Bush Jones is their football coach. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us, Bradley. We're excited to have you on. Unfortunately, Bradley is uh, not a drinker, he's not an alcohol drinker. Uh, but he's recently engaged, so who knows? That might change. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, shout out! I'm sure your fiance is great. I don't. I think all the things that you'll have to deal with. I could speak as a husband. Everything that you have to deal with being married is mostly your own shortcomings. At least that oh, yeah. I, I could say for sure. So, um, yeah. Well, I doubt. Congratulations, to, by the I'll, way. I'll doubt I'll have to deal with your shortcomings, but uh, thank you. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just kidding. Right. Thank you. You made a dad it. joke. That's your only one. <laughs> I'm knocking it down. That's your only one for the week for the night. So, but yeah, we have some top news. Um, there was a lot of good basketball on this week, especially this weekend. I mean, like, good Lord, there was some good basketball on. Uh, most notably, we had a number five and number four matchup today, or it was a number six. I can't remember what Purdue was ranked, but yeah, Purdue six. upset number uh, number four Villanova. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, I don't even count it as an upset. Like, it didn't really feel like an upset to me. Um, they were just... Yeah both that good i think they're both final four teams if we're being honest mm-hmm. i was just not as high on villanova going into the season but i mean you can't count out jay jay Wright. he's one of the better coaches in basketball today so what'd you guys mm-hmm. think of that game give me your thoughts yeah i mean um purdue is strong i mean that's the first time this was this weekend was the first time i uh was able to watch um purdue play at all um and i mean they've got some dudes they've got i mean Ivy is Ivy's ridiculous. I mean, he's strong. He can do it all. Um, and then, um, you know, you've got just – they can shoot the ball. They're – you know, they've got size. They've got ball handling. They've got it all. So, they're a complete team. Um, yeah. So, that they're, they're a team that has kind of shot up quickly this year as far as, you know, what I'm looking out for. Um, and uh, – but Villanova, you know, I mean, they've got two losses now already, but they're still, I think – a top 10 team in the country. I think they've proved that 
Um, but they've, you know, obviously had a couple really tough games to manage uh, so far. But they've got, you know, really balanced scoring. They've got a lot of weapons. Um, they've got leadership, and they've got Jay Wright. So I think they're going to be a team that obviously blows through the um, the Big East and, you know, has a, has a solid year. Um, and uh, they're going to want to be one of those that's there at the end, you know, an Elite Eight type team. So for sure. Um, it was a, it was a good game to watch, no doubt about that. Yeah, Bradley, what do you think of that? Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, whenever we whenever anybody talks about Purdue, of course, Jaden Ivy is going to be uh, the the main topic for a reason, though. I mean, Ivy is a, a great player. Uh, he's going to be a lottery pick this year. Not really much doubt about it. Uh, Travion Williams too is a, a great player for him. Uh, there, he's a he's a good six ten. And he's just a good force in the paint. Uh, Villanova, I mean, Villanova's going to be Villanova. I know they're not going to be as uh, as threatening, I guess you might say, of a team as they were a few years ago. Uh, but you still can't count them out. Uh, yeah. Villanova is one of those teams who it seems like they don't have a superstar. They remind me a lot of Baylor last year. But Baylor did have a couple – you might say superstars, you know, Davion Mitchell. Yeah, just yeah, but, not uh, really well known names. Not, yeah, until not, they, yeah, not yeah, well known until names. they just took over college basketball yeah. last they, year. They just yeah. buy in as a team, and they, and they just go out there and fight every every time. So both teams mm-hmm. uh, really can make deep runs. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. What was interesting in that game is that at one point in the second half, um, Purdue was down nine. I was watching, and I was like, oh, this is where crap hits the fan for most teams. Um, you're down nine in second half. You're you're already the lower ranked team, so um, it could have it could got ugly. And then Villanova decided to go five out, so they took Zach Eady out. Purdue did, and they put Travion Williams, who's better at playing on the perimeter than Zach Eady for a big man. Mm-hmm. And then like he fouled a three point shooter, and I was like, or, I guess he wasn't in the act of shooting, but you know the guy pump faked. Call Gillespie pump faked, blew by him. I was like, oh, this is this is looking ugly for it. And then out of nowhere, just like they kept feeding the post and Villanova yeah. could not stop it. Um, and then Jaden Ivey, you know, coming off of a pin down screen, hitting a wide open three pointer um, to cut it to four. And it just from oh. there, Purdue had all the momentum and never looked back. It was it was a fun game to watch for sure. Um, yeah, it felt like a March game. It oh, really yeah. did. Villanova was up nine with uh, 7.43 left. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was after that Gillespie three, and yep. then uh, it was all Purdue after that. Yeah, it really was. It was fun to watch. It definitely felt like a March game. Um, mm-hmm. There was also the fun Tennessee UNC game for a little bit, and then t- UNC decided not to play defense. Right. Um, so that was I, I was really excited for uh, for Tennessee. There, I still think Tennessee can be an Elite Eight team, um, but they got to find scoring beyond Viscovi and Chandler. They have to find a way to get uh, paint, uh, points in the paint. Um, especially yeah. against these bigger teams, these more athletic teams. Like Villanova really, you know, they put it to Tennessee yesterday. Did any of you guys see a little bit of that game or at all? Yeah, man, today um, today I watched – I didn't see a whole lot of yesterday's game um, with um, with Villanova. Was Villanova, correct? Yeah, Villanova and Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of that. I just saw the halftime score and I was like, whoa. Um, yeah, Tennessee it was ugly. Some issues today. Yeah. It's the you know maybe the maybe Rick Barnes kind of is you know he thinks it's March or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but um, so you know I saw that. But then today I was watching Tennessee and I was like, like you said, I mean they need to find some more scoring in the and 
I saw, I actually got to see Huntley Hatfield out there and he looks, I mean, he looks like a dude. He looks like a man. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I got to see him. So I was like, you know, it's probably going to be a situation to where they're, if Huntley had, if he can develop and be, you know, crazy athletic, um, you know, three, four um, kind of presence. And then you get, um, you get, uh, Fulky back to full strength. Fulky, you get all you get. Fulky back doing his Fulky things out there, um, his funky Fulky things, and um, I think Tennessee is going to be there. I mean, all year, and then you know, as usually happens, you just got to see if if they can do anything, muster up anything in March um, after the SEC tournament. So um, they came back strong today, and uh, that uh, their guard Ziegler, who I've never heard of before until today. Um, Zach or Zakai Ziegler um, just kind of took over and had 18 today and five assists. So if, if Chandler and him, and along with Viscovi and Huntley Hatfield, can come along and develop as a freshman um, and then Folky can do his thing, then, I mean, you've got a lot of solid pieces there. Um, and then, you know, North Carolina just, I mean, you know, defense is optional uh, <laughs> at North Carolina, and it's kind of been that way for a while. they Roy would try to just outrun you and outscore you and out-rebound you and, you know, get second-chance points and, thing, and things like that. But they don't necessarily have that this year, um, you know, to just kind of wear you down like that. So Yeah, um, I think also a part of that is uh, Hubert Davis has yet to get his class yeah, in, you know, right, so right. his guys in, his style of play, his athletes. Mm-hmm. So um, we're still seeing the effects of Roy Williams, Roy Williams there. So. Um, right. I think I think I don't I don't want to mark him as he on like oh he's not going to be as good yet because there's so much that goes into play in that and in, in yeah I mean I don't think they're going to have a year like they did a few years ago where it's 12 and 20 or something like that but I think they're going to be a team that kind of hovers around three or four games above 500 you know for most of the year I agree be, they'll be sweating out you know making the NCAA tournament I think yeah I agree yeah real quick on Folky. Listen mm-hmm. to this stat line versus North Carolina. 13 points, five rebounds, six assists, shooting 85% from the floor. That's Ooh. that's folky, he, that's folky he, things. He, he played so good, you'd think he was playing Kentucky. Right. Exactly. <laughs> playing, playing like that. Except for last year when he only had six yeah, rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was six for seven today from the field. So. <laughs> yeah. So, Falky's coming back into form. Yeah, that's that's good to see for basketball. I hate to see it as a UK fan, but uh, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Neither. How's he still there. in college? I don't get. Uh, it. I have no idea. This is his twenty seventh year. He, he's going to no be idea. on the Perry Ellis team for you know, <laughs> never leaves college ever. So but you get you got to look out for that Ziegler kid though. I mean, that's a guy that is one of those that's kind of you know kind of come out of nowhere and surprising people in the SEC. Yeah, might make the second team or something like that this year. Yeah, I, I, he looked really good today. So mm-hmm. exciting to see that. I'm, I'm happy for Tennessee fans. I'm happy that they're that they're gonna be successful from um, November to February, and then we'll see what happens in March. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, will we'll see. see. We'll see. Rick Barnes in March, a tradition like no other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna move on to our must-watch games of the week. Um, this is where we talk about break down a little bit of the upcoming games that uh, we just feel like you guys need to have on the TV at some point. Even if you're doing something else, put that game on the TV, listen to it, pop open a cold one, and uh, enjoy some good basketball because it'll either be good or it'll be uh, you know a foul fest. But either way, you're gonna have fun watching it. I guarantee mm-hmm. it. So we have tomorrow night at 6 p.m. So this is this is Sunday that we're recording. 
This is Monday is the game. Monday at 6 p.m. is number 19 Ohio State, currently number 19 Ohio State, versus Seton Hall. What do you guys think about this game? So that's going to be in Fort Myers. That's close to you, right? Uh, uh, fair, fairly close. An hour and a half or so away? Uh, about three hours. Oh, I'm, well, never mind. Yeah, uh, not, not close enough to make a drive for it, but <laughs> I would definitely be there. Never not. mind. Um, but, yeah, so that's, you know, one of these um, neutral site, you know, deals. Um, Seton Hall looks tough, no doubt about it. I mean, if if uh, if Dow was on here, I'm sure he'd be letting us hear, hear about Seton Hall, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, and Ohio State has been kind of mediocre at best so far. They've struggled a little bit early on. So, you know, I think Seton Hall's, uh, you know, I've got Seton Hall in my, you know, into the top 25 uh, for me this year or for them, for me this week. So they've started out, they've looked really strong starting out. I think they're going to, I think they'll take Ohio state by 10 or so. Yeah. Bryce Aiken looks really good this season for Seton Mm -hmm. Hall. Like he looked really good the other night against Michigan and that upset. So, and by the way, if you didn't listen to episode two last week, we did pitch that. And I think a lot of us bought some pints, at least some pints of some upset from Dow on that uh, seat yeah. all over Michigan game. I think we also had a couple of, uh, let's see, I called Marquette over Illinois. And uh, oh, College of Charleston could have yeah. made it, but they didn't they quite, couldn't quite hang. Yeah, it couldn't quite hang. But um, all in all, I think I think tomorrow night's game will be good. Um I mean, I think it's a coin flip of who can win that game. What do you think, Bradley? Um, yeah, I'd I'd probably have to go Seton Hall in that one. Uh, I'm I'm a big uh, Kadari Richmond fan. He hasn't been playing mm-hmm. just outstanding this season, but I think he can definitely have a have a pretty good game in that one. So, uh, give me Seton Hall in that one. I got you. I got you. This. I mean, I don't think there's a wrong choice in picking a team. EJ Liddell is like carrying Ohio State. So mm, if he yeah. wants to, if he says like, hey, get on my back, we're winning this game tonight. We can't get upset again. We got to put the Big Ten on our mm-hmm. back. You know, I could see that happening. Um, so we, we will see. I think it'll be fun though, like I said. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Ohio State by two on this one. I think it's going to be a tight game. Like yeah. I said, I think, uh, I think the experience that they have is going to play a factor into it. And I think EJ Liddell is just not going to like, I think he will actually throw up on the court before he loses another <laughs> close game like that. So it's, yeah. And it seems like every time I look up, both of these teams are playing tight games. So it'll probably yeah. be like an over an overtime game or something like that. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I, I just like Ohio state by two here. We are going to move on. Let's number two, UCLA versus number one, Gonzaga Tuesday at 10 o'clock, which is the worst time for a basketball game, but yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, the good thing is, is usually um, a lot of, you know, not usually, but a lot of people have Wednesday off. So yeah. hopefully not a lot of people will be able to, right, right. Hopefully a lot of people will be able to stay up and watch that game. Um, yeah. I'll try to, I'm going to be hitting the road going out of town for uh, for family Thanksgiving um, in Virginia. But again, that one is in Las Vegas um, in T-Mobile Arena out there. So um, that's going to be, you know, there's going to be tons of Zags fans and UCLA fans, you know, hitting up Vegas for Thanksgiving. So I bet that'll be a wild scene. Yeah, it should be <laughs> fun. What do you think, Bradley? Oh yeah, uh, that's that's going to be awesome game uh, there with uh, UCLA and Gonzaga. Gonzaga, oh, they're just so good, and I I hate it so much that they're so good. But <laughs> I mean, could this be could this be a replay of like the UNC uh, UK game one hundred three one hundred out there? 
It definitely very could. well could be because neither of these teams have any defense. Man, it's tough. Like I think I think Jamie Jacquez is one of the few guys in the country that can check Drew Timmy a little bit. Like he's not gonna mm. stop him defensively, but he might be able to score with him like that. Because yeah. like Drew Timmy's not gonna score 37. Like he's like he did against Texas. Like he's not. But I really do I, I think this is the game that you have to see Chet Holmgren step step up and be the best player on the court that he's supposed to be. Um, and I just don't think Johnny Juzang is going to stand for it. Like, I think he's going right. to, I think right. he's going to be like, no, I'm the best player on this court. I'm going to, I'm going to show you and I'm going to get my revenge. We're going to get our revenge for the final four. Jalen yeah. Suggs, you know, half court shot. Yeah. So. I think it's just going to be, I mean, when you look at the stats between these two teams, I mean, they're, they're mirror images of each other almost, um, yeah. you know, one's just both. more front court heavy where the other one's more yeah. back yeah. court heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be one of those, it's going to be a fun game to watch, no doubt about that. I mean, now that we say that, it'll be like, you know, a terrible game with a ton of turnovers and nobody can hit a shot and it'll be, you when know, 68. UCLA is going to shoot like for, four for 30. Right. But I mean, you know, usually like that, like, like they delivered, they delivered last year in the tournament. So I think they'll deliver again. So that was, that was probably, that was in the top five of games that I've ever watched. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was that fun, game. Incredible. And then the ending with the sub shot. Yeah. Incredible. So it'll, it'll be, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's almost going to, it's, it's like a, uh, it could be a replay of that UNC UK game from, yeah from 2016. Yeah. yeah. Just back and forth buckets. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. All yeah. right. So give me your guys prediction. Uh, give me your scores and a player game. My heart says 92, 87 UCLA, but my mind says 103, 90 Gonzaga. And yeah. then uh, I would say MVP has got to be Drew Timmy. So you're going to take Timmy. Okay. Um, so you're going with your – you have a mind and a heart and a gut yeah. uh, pick. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go – I'm going to go um, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go mind only. And I'm going to go actually with – I'm going to go with Johnny. Um, and I'll say he'll put up – 35 and UCLA upsets the Zags as much as you can call it an upset. Um, mm-hmm. 94 to 86. I'll go with that. I'm going to go UCLA is going to get the upset. Like you said, I think it's going to be like 87, 85, um, mm-hmm. 87, 84. Let's say 87, 84. It'll come down to a mystery right. to tie it. I think Jamie Jacquez Jr. is actually going to be the player of the game. Yeah. I think uh, I think his impact will won't be seen in the points column, but it'll be seen everywhere else. Um, where he'll probably have like I'll say like fifteen and twelve or something like that. Yeah. Um, just that, but he'll also have like a crazy amount of blocks or you know just something like that, something that you don't see coming. I've been calling the obvious players lately in my players of the games, and they haven't been coming true. So hopefully, yeah. I can uh, will this one into fruition here. I think it'll be a good game, though, all around. And then lastly, we have on Friday at 10.30 p.m., which is an even worse time for a game, we have yeah. number one Gonzaga versus number seven Duke. Um, mm. we, we'll see. This is going to be tough because it could be either coming off a big win against UCLA or coming off a you know kind of a, a you know, humbling loss against UCLA. So um, Duke, I don't think, plays anybody crazy this week. So no. um, leading up down. to it. Yeah, yeah. So Duke Duke should be fresh by then. 
And uh, I think all the Paulo Bencaro news is f- far behind them enough that, yeah, that hey, there will be distractions. Now that you bring that up, has anybody heard a peep about that since it happened? No. No, I mean, he still has his court date on December 8th. So right. we'll hear more as soon as that happens. But yeah. um, up, up until then, I think everything's going to be pretty tight-lipped because they're not going to do anything. Okay. So Definitely. Especially uh, but, with it being Kay's last season. Yeah. Doesn't want any any bad mark on that. Exactly. No so. Um, yeah, so give me your prediction on this game. Number one, Gonzaga versus number seven, Duke. I, I think we're going to see a big battle between Timmy and Paulo. Uh, Paulo, yeah. Paulo is one of the few players in the country who could go shot for shot for Timmy and maybe slow him down defensively. Uh, so it'd be definitely be a little bit uh, more of a lower scoring game. I think it's going to be close, though. I think it'll be... I, I just think that uh, Gonzaga's guard depth might end up winning the game for them. I mean, they got Nimhard, Hunter Salas, Hickman. I, I think they have more guards depth-wise than Duke does. So I'll say uh, Gonzaga uh, about 85-80. Then uh, MVP, uh, I'll take Timmy again. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's – you're kind of um... – kind of stole my thunder on that because i oh, was gonna sorry i was gonna no you're good you're good man um i was gonna i think duke is gonna be a little bit exposed in this game mm-hmm. uh defensively um i think they're gonna have a tough time with gonzaga um i think it's gonna be a little bit of a wider margin than anybody would really expect i think gonzaga is gonna win by about 15 mm-hmm. um the uh again this one's in vegas also um, so I guess Gonzaga is just setting up camp Thanksgiving week in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So, um, watch out Mark few don't get in trouble. <laughs> but, um, uh, so yeah. Um, I think Nimhard is that you mentioned Nimhard, he's going to control the game and I think he's going to make Duke's guards look a little bit silly out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be my MVP with 10 assists flirting with a triple double. Um, about 18 points and ten, at least 10 assists. Um, and I'll take Gonzaga uh, 85 to 70. Awesome. Well, I am going to go in the opposite direction of you guys, Uh-oh. actually. Right. Um, you got to. Yeah. I mean, like, it's only going to make for a good podcast. If I, <laughs> if, I, you know, if I went with the, the safe choice in Gonzaga, like, what kind yeah. of person am I going to be? you in a corner on that one. Yeah, no. I, I already had my mind set on Duke winning this game. I just think. Um, I think the, the when the lights shine brightest is when you're going to see Trevor Keels just go for like maybe like 21 and eight assists. You know, like mm-hmm. I think I think he's going to have a big game again. I think he has that Tyrese Maxey factor to him where he just needs the the lights to be bright and you know the Vegas lights are pretty bright. I think Paulo's going to do Paulo things, and I also uh, I, I think Theo John's going to have a big game as well for um, for Duke. So Wendell mm-hmm. Moore is going to be solid all around. Gonzaga, I just I, I I don't trust their guards. I think they have good experienced guards, but I don't trust them to be at the level that they had last year. And uh, Chet Holmgren, like he's going to be good, but I don't think he's going to be able to check Paulo um, as far as his scoring ability. And like you said earlier in the UCLA Gonzaga prediction, like Gonzaga struggles with defense. So um, if they want any any chance to stop Dukes from scoring, they're going to have to go to his zone. So we'll. We will see about that because yeah. I think that's the one way you can stop Duke is make him shoot threes. So mm-hmm. go to a two-three zone. 
um, and see what they can do from there. But you know, all around, I think uh, I think it's gonna be a good game. Um, I'm gonna say Duke uh, seventy eight and Gonzaga maybe seventy four, and uh, it'll be a couple favorable whistles for Coach K, of course. And uh, <laughs> that never <yeah>. happens. <laughs> I I just think this is the this is the type of story that's gonna be the season is that Duke is gonna be the team this year, and I think Gonzaga is as good as they are this year. I think. I think the NCAA wants to, and it's not like it is rigged. Like I think Duke is good enough to be that team. I think they're just going to get a call here or there that maybe gives them a little bit of separation, but I'm not saying it's like totally rigged here. I'm not trying to go full conspiracy theorists on y'all. So um, yeah. My, my thinking, my thinking there was um, that, you know, Gonzaga is going to be coming off a tough loss to UCLA. So they're just going to, you know, they're going to play their A plus game against Duke. And so yeah. that's, that was kind of my thinking there. On or that. it could go in the opposite direction and exactly could. Could just yeah. totally handle UCLA or, you know, maybe win right. a little bit comfortably and, and then do right. kind of be upset minded there. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how Vegas treats the uh, Zags. Definitely. Yeah. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, um, we're going to move on to the beer review. This is the standard. We talk college basketball. Now we're talking beer a little bit, so we're gonna, we won't spend too long on this, but Ale Week. So I decided to go to – Ale my, yeah. Yeah, Ale yeah. So I decided to go to my uh, liquor store, and I was looking, and I found this blonde ale. Mm. It's uh, per Simon Hollow Brewing, which is located in Deland, Florida, which is a cute little town, home of Stetson University, Go Hatters. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a cute little town. They have some good restaurants there. It's basically in between Orlando and Daytona. If you ever get the chance to go down to Orlando and drive to Daytona, mm-hmm. stop into land, stop at uh, Per Simon Hollow. But this is called the Daytona Dirty Blonde. It's, and mm. it's really good, actually. I, I tried to wait and save it for the podcast. Um, I bought it on Tuesday, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll wait and drink it on the podcast. And then it was like so tempting, and I, it did not disappoint. Um, it was very, very, very tasty. Like it hits a little bit bitter, like hoppy at first, but um, the more you drink it, the smoother it gets. Um, unlike like IPAs and stuff, like the hoppy never, the hoppiness never goes away. Um, mm-hmm. This one kind of like you, it blends in very well the more you drink it, and it's it's so good. Um, it is uh, like I said, per Simon Hollow Brewing Daytona Dirty Blonde. It's a 20 IBU and 4.1 percent ABV. Um, so I'm gonna give it a sip here. It's just, oh man, it's so it's it's a clutch beer. Like it's a clutch beer, man. It's it's um, like I said, it's a little bit hoppy, but it has like it's a smooth that's a smooth taste to it. it. Has a little bit of sweetness at the end and the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. It's it, it would be good at like I would drink this on Daytona Beach and be 100 okay. You know, like it's not gonna right. be too heavy. Um, and so it's a little bit lighter. It's kind of like a like a golden um the big wave from Kona brewing yeah. it's yeah. a little bit like that so um all in all i i probably give it like a maybe like a three and a half or four stars um it's not going to hit the five stars but i'd say like three and a half or four stars if i had to compare it to a college basketball team or anything college or basketball related really 
Give me like, give me Larry Bird's hair, <laughs> mustache included. But give me All Larry right. Bird's hair, like, and the mustache, like it's got that, it's got that flow to it. Um, but you know he can light you up a little bit. So um, it's right. it's got that meanness to it, but also like this is a goofball. But I, I it, it's Larry Bird's hair for sure. And uh, I love their tagline. It says "Drink sensibly, but get weird." Cheers, y'all. So nice. Yeah, I I recommend it for sure. If you can find it up there, go for it. Larry Bird's beer, huh? Pretty much. Sounds good. Um, okay, so this uh, this week uh, for Ale Week, I'm doing a um, an ale three one two urban wheat ale from um, Goose Island uh, Brewing up in uh, Chicago. Um, the uh, brewery is located uh, kind of in the northwest uh, side of Chicago. Um, I had this, uh, for the first time about, uh, seven, eight years ago. Um, believe we were at, I believe I was at a bachelor party again up there. I'm, I'm not positive exactly the situation, but, uh, it was a good, uh, just a good drinking beer. Um, you know, like I said, it's the urban wheat ale, uh, three, one, two is the, uh, area, is it one of the Chicago area codes? Mm-hmm. Um, so they named it for that. It's got, they've got the skyline of Chicago on the label. Um, and, uh, you know, just a very, again, you know, nothing to, you know, no outstanding flavors, nothing's going to just hit you in the face and every, anything. It's, um, it's described as, um, a spicy aroma of cascade hops followed by a crisp fruity ale flavor delivered in a smooth creamy body that's immensely refreshing um and it is i mean it's just a good um you know like if you're dining out fresco up in up at some you know patio in uh in chicago in the city watching the traffic go by and all that kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. dodging bullets whatever you got to do up there um you know you <laughs> might uh you might you might want to have a three, one, two in your hand and, you know, just kind of sitting back and relaxing. It, it'll go well with the, uh, Chicago style pizza, the thin tavern style or the deep dish, whatever you want to do. It's not, you're not going to, you know, fill up on this beer too much. It's an IBU of 18, 4.2%, um, alcohol content. Um, so nothing that's going to get away from you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like it. I've had it before too. I think yeah. It's, it's a, a good, good beer. Good one. It's yeah, a good it's, beer. It's um, like if you want to drink a Bud Light, but you want to feel a little bit fancier. You yeah, know, you want yeah. you want to be kind of like, um, you know, you want to be like an urban Bud Light yeah. drinker. You know, yeah. like you're not you're not out, you know, on the front porch, you know, uh, on the farm. You're on the uh, back patio in in the uh, in the city, you know, in your high rise or something like that. You're having a yeah. three one two urban weed ale. So it's, it's a good drinking beer. Um, I was, I'm, I'm always pleased with it. I had one last night, um, at, uh, at a local, uh, restaurant, um, actually down in Louisville. And, um, you know, it's, it's a good drinking beer. It's good with, with a meal, you know, it's not going to overpower or, or heavy or get heavy, you know, in your stomach or anything like that, your, your meal. So it's a good beer to have with, with food. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Would you, uh, what, what are you going to compare it to anything basketball related? Yeah, I was kind of looking at, um, I'm actually going to compare it to, um, Michigan because it's, it has kind of like the maize color. Um, (laughs) so that's what I kind of think of when I look at it, when I look at the uh, label, it's got that maize, uh, yellow color. 
Um, so it just kind of said Michigan to me right away. I was kind of leaning between them and Iowa. You know, it's got that yellow, yellowish um, corn maize flavor <laughs> yeah. or, uh, or color to it. So, yeah. But I'm going to stick with Michigan um, just because, you know, I kind of relate Michigan and Chicago, um, you know, together just because I visit those two very often. Um, so I'm going to take the Michigan Wolverines. You know, it's something that has kind of slowly, you know, risen out of the, out of the, uh, the smoke and in the shadows and everything. And now it's becoming, you know, Michigan's kind of becoming a, uh, you know, a strong team, um, in college basketball again. So, um, you know, the three, one, two, Howard, shout out Juwan, um, five, five. And, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things that's kind of in the background, but it's starting to rise up and get a little bit more national, uh, nationally known and it's it, 312 is distributed nationwide also so yeah. you can find it all over the country yeah definitely all right bradley i see you popped open a can what you drinking my man i've got a mountain dew <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, yeah. The, what's the ibus on that uh, <laughs> if you know, had to compare it to college basketball team <laughs> if i had to compare it to a moment in college basketball i know exactly what it is 2014 Kentucky versus Wisconsin. Aaron Harrison's got the ball. He pulls up. Commentator says, this is the point where he always hits it. <laughs> Nothing but net. Drains oh, it. Man. That's exactly how I feel with the Mountain Dew. Not, yeah. not, not a sponsor. <laughs> not yet, at least. Uh, Mountain Dews get you going, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's, a that's good content note. right there. As a fun side note, I think I can quote every line of that movie, and oh. I just make people mad all the time. And it's like obscure quotes too. It like is, yeah. That's a dumb name. That's a dumb name. <laughs> no, the my wife and I watched it, but the owl sees at night. <laughs> my wife and I watched it just the other night, and I was like, "Oh man, this movie is ridiculous." The one most ridiculous parts is when the wreck is happening and then, you know, they cut to the Applebee's commercial <laughs> and it's just so <laughs> dated the commercial, like the graphics and everything is just, yeah. Oh my God. It's like pure nostalgic. So yeah. All right. We're going to move on. That was the beer review and uh Mountain Dew review of the week. Um, so go check them out. We had the three, two, uh, three, one, two goose Island, that Chicago beer that we ale. And we had the persimmon hollow uh, Daytona dirty blonde. Uh, which is a Blondale. So go check those out. If you've ever had them before, we highly re- recommend them. You know, we're, one of these days we're going to run to a beer that we don't like. Uh, but and for now, um, we're going to just keep out keep putting out good beers. But yeah, I'm, I'm all for just putting out good beers if we need to. So we're going to move on to the Shark Tank upsets. This is the opportunity that each co-host has to pitch a upset for the upcoming week that uh you you want to put some stock into that you really think can happen that you've been talking you've been looking it over you've been checking the stats and uh yeah and, and the other guys probably check it out too but either, the sharks can buy either a pint a case or a keg or they can go, totally be out you've seen shark tank i'm sure you know how it goes so sharks give me your pitches all right so i'm gonna go and this is uh, kind of odd for me because I'm i'm not a huge fan of uh one of these coaches um anymore really but um <laughs> i'm gonna go with mr coach rick patino's iona gales over the alabama crimson tide yes sir uh i already this, tell you i have a whole keg on this but i want to hear more. all right there you go so um 
you know what? Nate Oates is going to get schooled in this game. Uh, if there's anything you hate him or love him, if there's, if there's anything that Rick can do is coach basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going to scheme for Alabama has their own scheme. As we know, you know, shoot a bunch of threes, get a bunch of layups, you know, four out, five out, drive the ball, pass, drive, pass, drive, pass, shoot a three, um, you know, get the offensive rebounds off those threes, shoot another three. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, Patino is known as, you know, one of the great innovators and in, as far as a three point shot goes in college basketball. Um, and now you've got Alabama coming along with Oates that shoots 30 to 40 or 50 of them a game. So, um, if there's anybody that knows how to defend that type of style, it's Rick and he will come up with a defense, um, you know, to, to slow Alabama down it again, you know, Shackleford is going to be tough to stop. Um, Alabama's got some athletes. They've got some shooters. Um, they're going to outclass them, you know, physically, um, athletically, but Iona's got a dude. His name is Nelly junior Joseph NJJ. The dude averages about 17, seven and two, uh, a game shooting 67% from the field. He's going to have himself a field day, um, against Alabama. He's going to, He's going to pull down. He might he might do an Oscar and go 20 and 20 in this game. Um, so I have faith. I have faith in Rick to come up with a game plan to stop Alabama um, down in Orlando, too. That's kind of one of my keys is I think Alabama is going to be thinking about the turkey. They're going to be thinking about, um, you know, the green bean casserole. They're going to be thinking <laughs> about, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they're going to kind of be caught off guard by by Rick and and what he brings to the court. Um, against Alabama and Iona, it, it may be a game that goes into overtime, um, but I think Rick is going to outcoach Oates and, and get the dub. Yeah, I'm I'm totally 100% in on this. I got I got maybe two three kegs on this. One there thing that go. we know here's the thing is I just love the coaching matchup. Right. I think and the it's styles. About, this game is all about it. Play, yeah. Like we know Bama does isn't going to give you a lot defensively like they just haven't. And that's just, that's right. one of uh, Oates biggest flaws is his, his defensive coaching ability. Mm-hmm. He has a good offense except for his offense. Really? You need to have it. It needs to be set up and yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an offense has to be set up. And one thing that we've seen since I was a baby is that Rick Pitino's teams will run the full court press and may and bother you defensively. They yeah. will get in your head. They will run it. They he, they have they're conditioned enough to do it every time. So um, yeah. I think you're. I think like maybe two minutes into the game, the full court press is going to be brought out, and it's going to stay until the very last minute. Um, I mean, yeah. And if if Alabama, you know, if Alabama makes twenty threes, they make twenty threes. But I mean, Rick, you know, he's going to come up with a scheme to cover those dudes, and, and Iona has some size too to battle with Alabama. They they're not just a you know a bunch of little dudes out there, little scrappy dudes. I mean, they've got some dudes that can, can box out man up and, and play some D. So, and they, they've won their, they're, they're five and O oh. um, Alabama comes into the game four and O oh. um, Iona five and O oh. and they, and Iona's won their games all kinds of different ways. They've won. In, Very you know, close. Kind of, yeah. They've, they've, had won a couple a, they've won a close game. They've had a couple blowouts. They've won scoring 54. They've won scoring 90. Yeah. They've won scoring 81. So, you know, they've won. That's what Rick can do. He can, he can win any kind of different way. Yeah. Um, so I just see it as one of those games, Alabama, you know, doesn't come out focused. They get tripped up and, you know, just never recover. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Bradley? Oh yeah, totally agree. 
Uh, agree with How much Mountain Dew you, you want to buy, Bradley? Oh, I, all of it. Give me all, all the of cases it. of the dude. All of, of it. All right. um, yeah, I totally agree with what you said. Patino's teams, full court press, going to get in Alabama's head, disrupt them. Yeah, then, it'll be a fun uh, game then, to watch. Then look for, uh, after the season, for uh, Rick Patino to bolt for Tennessee. Heard their football team had a hooker, so he wanted to <laughs> get on all the action. Oh, yeah, yep. oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, Bradley, give us your pitch. Shark. All right. My upset pick is on Wednesday. On Wednesday night, I have got the Hokies of Virginia Tech taking down the Memphis Tigers. I am not a believer at all in Memphis. Is this I because think, you live in Memphis? And partially. Old, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. That's probably a little bit of it. But I've watched a lot of Memphis's games, again, partially due to living in Memphis. And I'm just not impressed. I mean, yeah, they've got Duran. Yeah, they've got Amani. But I'm just not impressed by everything that Memphis has unfortunately, to offer. Unfortunately, they also have Penny, right? Yeah. And they've got uh, FedEx uh, dropping oh, bags yeah. for them. So. But, no, I just think Virginia Tech is so deep of a team. They have uh, two guys on their team shooting 67% from three. And it's a true – it's not like, a you know, they've taken three and hit two of them. Uh, right. Listen to some of these three-point shooting numbers. They have uh, Naheem uh, – I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this guy's name. Naheem Allen is the closest I'm going to get with that one. Uh, But he has attempted 14 threes, made five. Uh, Storm Murphy has attempted 18 threes, made eight. Hunter uh, Kator, again, sorry about the pronunciation on that. He's taken 18, made seven. Darius Maddox taken nine, made six of them. They've got guys that are shooting lights out from three. Memphis doesn't have the guards that are going to be able to keep up. Uh, Virginia Tech's got four guys averaging at least 10. Uh, so the, the the guard depth there for Virginia Tech is going to be too much for mm-hmm. Memphis to take care of. Uh, Duran's going to get his. Uh, don't worry about that. I don't know that Virginia Tech is going to have anybody that can uh, really hang with Duran on the inside. Uh, but just guard-wise, uh, Memphis has uh, Lester Quinones. So um, I I'm gonna say I'm I'm out on this, and this is nothing personal, Bradley. Oh no, I just I, um, I hate you now, but that's, that's okay. No, <laughs> I don't. I I have trouble trusting Virginia Tech and Virginia, just Virginia basketball in general. Just yeah, I just try to stay away. West Virginia, sure. Virginia Tech, even though they're right. two different states, so we'll just count them in one. Yeah, like I just I I can't trust them, um, especially offensively. I just don't I don't know if they're there. And uh, but, I like the length of Memphis. Uh, like you said, I'm not super impressed with Memphis here, uh, but because it's an upset, because Virginia Tech's unranked, I think uh, Memphis might be viewed in just a little bit higher, you know, regard. So um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with Memphis just because I think this is one of those games. It's like oh, uh, Memphis will win maybe like by like ten, and it'll be like a, it'll be a quality win come tournament play. But as of right now, it's just like a whatever win. I mean, it's Thanksgiving week, and Virginia Tech's mascot is a turkey. That's <laughs> like betting against the Santa Claus is at Christmas. Well, turkeys usually don't fare well at Thanksgiving time, so uh, <laughs> yeah. there's that. 
That is true. That'd be like that, or that'd be like betting against Tennessee on garbage day. Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> You're just throwing shots. We're gonna have no Tennessee fans on this podcast. I mean, whatever, but like <laughs> I tried to be nice. I tried to be nice earlier to bulky and you know their outlook Same. and everything, but it always it, there's just that thing back there, it just kind of comes out every now and then, you know. And, but I mean, I you know, Memphis is blocking eleven shots a game. I don't know how I don't know who they've played up to this point, really, to be honest with you, but um, and Duran's Western. averaging fifteen and eleven. I know they, they did play. Did they play Western? Yeah, play Western. Western right? I think yeah. Western was their toughest opponent so far. Yeah, yeah. Probably and they won um, by like twelve or something like that. Yeah, I mean Western yeah. played them close. Yeah, Duran's averaging five blocks a game. He's averaging fifteen, eleven, and five. That's, and I that's wish, pretty ridiculous. I wish Kentucky could have got him. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty something. solid. He's only playing twenty five minutes a game too. Yeah. So so far, Memphis has played Tennessee Tech. North Carolina Central, St. Louis, and Western. Yeah, so they haven't had any – I mean, that that could be a thing. I mean, those dudes haven't faced anybody like Virginia Tech yet. So yeah. There might be a little bit of shock to the system there. Um, but, uh, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take a pint um, of this, and I'll go with you uh, with the Hokies. You know, you convinced me with uh, the turkey talk and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm just going to say – yeah, these young dudes, these young dudes um, at Memphis are going to be kind of thrown off a little bit by, you know, Virginia Tech's, um, you know, physicality and athleticism. Um, you know, they're t- they're taking a big step up in competition here, as far as I'm concerned. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, I saw that uh, Virginia Tech's shooting 41 percent from three, so I think they're going to have to make double digit threes to win this game. Mm-hmm. But I think they can do it. So I'll take a I'll take a pint, man. We'll I'm going so sharks hear me out okay. I've been listening I've been, I I really didn't know a lot about Richmond basketball until last year when they uh, beat Kentucky and uh, we found out how bad Kentucky really was the spides the spides yeah and um and then you know Dallas major madness team is the Richmond spiders and so right. I've learned more about Richmond over the last year than I ever knew before um one thing that stands out about their matchup over Maryland this week is that Jacob Gilliard averages four and a half steals per game. Mm. He has 18 steals on the year. That yes, is insane. That is absolutely insane. So that's Meanwhile, the dude. That's the dude that's coming uh, going for the record, right? That yeah, Dallas he's he's about. like yeah, I think coming, he's a, he's like 12 away record. from the coming from Angelo Ball's record. <laughs> that's messed up too <laughs> so oh, man. here's the thing is um are you sure that's mountain dew in your uh <laughs> <laughs> um maryland's guards yeah we got connor all all thrown off now. yeah a little bit maryland's guards um Fats Russell, Russell, which is an all-time name. Fats Russell. <laughs> Fats Russell. He's on the all-time name list for basketball. Um, he's averaging two, two point two turnovers a game. Erica Alaya is averaging one point six. Um, they both shoot below forty-five percent field goal percentage. I just don't trust Maryland this season. Like I really, yeah. I, the, everyone said they're for real. They already have an upset on the season. They've already been upset on the season so far. They had a close game against Hofstra. I just I think Richmond rolls this. Like I don't even think it's gonna be close, to be honest with you. Tyler Burton averages 19.3 points a game. Grant Golden adds 
averages 18.8 points per game. The only thing that's close to that for Maryland is Erica Ayal, I think is pronounced. I can't pronounce his last name, but and then Fats Russell. Um, they average 15.4 and 12.8. Like all the statistics are pointing towards Richmond upsetting uh, Maryland here, and uh, really like it's going to be on the defensive end that it's going to happen. And I just have trouble trusting um, the big 10 all around this year. Like the big 10 just kind of sucks. I'm watching Arizona just put it to number four, Michigan right now, 59, 43, 12 minutes left. Like if you, the big 10 has been absolute frauds this year and uh, it's, it's something Purdue and Purdue and everybody else. It looks like in the big 10, right? Yep. And uh, usually this happens in March, you know, all throughout right. the season, Big Ten looks strong and then come March. I, there's a case to be made that SEC is going to be the new Big Ten if teams like Tennessee and uh, Auburn and um, Arkansas and Bama and, and Kentucky, yeah. for that matter, if they don't, if they, you know, if they, they got to get to the Elite Eight. They got to get to that second weekend or something like that. They got to yeah. get to Sweet 16. A couple of those eight. teams, but Maryland's not going to do it, right? No, Maryland's not going to do it. Um, so... Yeah. So I think uh, Richmond is, is going to take the dub. Um, when is that game? Yeah. It's on uh, the 25th. So uh, Thursday, it's on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's on Thanksgiving Day. They're going to yeah. be distracted. I think I think Richmond <laughs> – we saw last year what Richmond can do to a team. Um, oh, yeah. they, they attack their weaknesses, and, and I just don't think that Maryland has a lot of strengths to, uh, to, sh- to show up for it. So um, give, me, give me that. What do you guys think? I like it, man. I mean, I'm go. I'm gonna take a case. I think I was leaning between. I was going between pint and case, but I think I'm gonna go case because right now on ESPN's little handy dandy uh, power index matchup predictor, Richmond is sixty percent. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go ahead and take a case of that, man. You sold awesome. me. I'll go Spides. Little buddy's gonna have like eight steals, and Dow's yeah. gonna. Dow's gonna. Um, he might break the record this game. Right, that would be right. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm tempted to go uh, case as well. Uh, unfortunately, right. since you didn't agree with me, I'm gonna have to. Go, I'm I'm out. I'm, no. Oh, well, you I'm made kidding. it personal. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, case case sounds good to me. I, I totally agree with your reasoning. Case of Mountain Dew for Bradley. Awesome. <laughs> All right, yeah. so now it's time for the mid major madness update. This is where we uh, we update you on the fan team. We update you on our teams. It's going to be a little bit shorter because we're missing two people tonight. Um, but I want to get uh, Bradley's opinion on some of these teams if he's kept sure. up with any of them. So um, for the fan team, we have Loyola Chicago Ramblers. Uh, they looked pretty good this week. They went they went two and zero on the week. They didn't play anybody great. They won ninety two fifty six versus Chicago State, and they were they won uh, eighty to sixty three over UIC. Ryan Schwager is averaging fourteen point eight points per game, and Tate Hall, who is a guard, is averaging seven rebounds a game, which is wow. pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have an upcoming game against Michigan State. That's Wednesday at uh, at noon. Wednesday at noon, they have a game against Michigan State. So what do you guys think of this loyal Chicago team so far? Man, I mean they're just they're still doing it, right? Yeah. I mean, they're just they're there. I think they're there to stay, you know, and we'll see if they can make some noise in March again. But um, I mean, they've got you know, the coaching coaching is incredible. I mean, you know, he he'll find mismatches and expose you there and uh, you know, just comes up with great game plans. So, I mean, there's they're a solid program right now. Yeah, definitely. yeah, totally, 
Totally agree. Totally agree. As long as they have the nun on the sidelines, they uh, <laughs> they're unstoppable. Sister Jean, just ask just ask Kofi Coburn. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that, the fans. That was fans. all Cameron Crutwig, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The fans I mean, have a solid team, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, they they picked a good one. I I mean, I don't think they could pick any wrong this year. High Point looked good the other night. They didn't get the dub, but they looked good the other night. Um, and then obviously we talked about Iona. San Francisco, I haven't really been keeping up with them, so I'd like to see what they would what they're yeah. looking like. But I know uh Dow said that Ken Palm had them in like the thirties, which is pretty impressive for a mid major. So right. uh yeah. So Kyle, update us on your mid major team. Did anything hey. crazy happen with them this week? Hey man, the Cougars are the team of the week, buddy. I mean, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, my mid major team came through strong and beat the crap out of Oregon. Um eighty one to forty nine. I watched a lot of that game and Barcelo, um, the leader of the Cougars, um, Alex Barcelos, he went off. He was like eight for eight at one point, three yeah. for three from three. And um, he's he's not a big guy, not a big kid at all, but he's just one of those crafty dudes that, you know, just gets his shot, you know, perfect form, um, straight up and down, just a good looking jump shot. Um, and and really that's what you that's what uh, BYU is overall. I mean, Pope. He, that's just, that's just how he coaches. You're going to have scrappiness. You're going to have, you know, great fundamentals. You're going to have, you know, they just play as hard as they can. They're, they're pretty deep. Um, and they've got some dudes like in the inside that can battle you. I mean, they've got some physical that physical guys, uh, down low and they, they, I mean, they just took it to Oregon. It was ridiculous. They, they shot like 60% or something for the game. Um, All that would sound pretty fun in a Kentucky team, wouldn't you agree? It would, man. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they're fun to watch. And um, I remember watching, I remember watching them last year against uh, Gonzaga. And uh, I think even the year before that, I mean, they had, um, you know, some, uh, some pretty impressive games the last few years. So Pope's got them going, um, you know, just like I said, beat the crap out of Oregon by 32. And then they played central Methodist who's, I, I think like D two or D three or something like that, but you know, beat them by thirty six. So they're rolling right now um, with Barcelo leading the way. Um, they have you know kind of a, a cupcake again against Texas Southern on Wednesday, but then they have a, a really good test at Utah on Saturday. Yeah, that up. should be a good game yeah. for sure. And so that'll be a great game. You know, we'll see what they can do. But again, I mean, like I said last week, I was happy if they stayed within ten of Oregon, but. They they blew that away by forty two points. So, exactly. Yeah. Um. I think they're more than capable of going into Utah and winning. Uh, Utah's got a really good team this year too, though. So, it'll be a tough environment. It's always tough to play at Utah. Um. That's one of the tougher arenas to play in, in college basketball. Um. So, it'll be a great test for them again. But like I said, with Oregon, I mean, I think if they just play a tough game and you know win or lose, they're still. Um, on an upward trajectory this year. So they're a fun team to watch. Yeah, they are. Um, that That's going to be interesting. I think right now you technically lead with strength of set schedule and overall record. Yes, so, sir. Uh, so hopefully, um, you know, the Buffalo uh, Bulls will be able to come back and with on the back of Jonathan Williams, who's averaging 21.7 points per game, and Josh Mbala, who's averaging 8.3 rebounds per game. Last week they went 2-0, they, uh, they had a close game against uh, North Texas. It was 69-66, and Rothstein said that it was a bye game for UNT, which I wasn't aware of, but apparently North Texas paid Buffalo, which in, which in my opinion is the better program, 
to come mm-hmm. play North Texas, and then they lost it, which is brutal. <laughs> um, so yeah, that happened, and then they they won yesterday, eighty seven sixty five against Ryder. So they're looking pretty good. They only have one game this week in the Stephen F. Austin. That's Tuesday at six p.m. Um, I expect Buffalo to win that. Like I said, Jonathan Williams just looks like a really good player. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like projected second round. Um, mm-hmm. I know he's been in college basketball for a while, but um, I still think he can make, you know, he could be one of those guys that you know, sneaks in the second round, maybe bounce around the G league for a little bit, but um, and ultimately he could be a good, you know, bench scorer off, you know, for like a deeper team um, mm-hmm. or maybe a team like Detroit or something like that, where they're just looking to see, you know, they're throwing at the wall to see what sticks. So mm-hmm. we should, we will see. What do you think about um, those two teams and BYU and Buffalo Bradley? Uh, BYU. I, I'm just always kind of cautious of them uh, due to me being an idiot when I was in high school <laughs> and uh, BYU, I think was in a play in game. And I said, I'm going to be, you know, hot take central. And I picked BYU to go to the championship game from the play in. Wow. So that's the hottest yeah, of, hot. I was like 14, 15 at the time. <laughs> so ever since then, I've just been like, you know what? Screw BYU. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, how dare you for exceed, not ex- exceeding my expectations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, no, uh, you both make valid points. Uh, to- totally agree. Awesome. Well, Kyle, um, we didn't really talk about the top 25. It's kind of hard when our updates, you know, like we, we record on Sunday night and, you know, they don't release it until Monday around noonish. So um, right. we decided, Kyle and I decided that we're going to give our own top 25, the beers yeah. and buckets top 25, and we'll release this in a, in a separate tweet for everyone to make fun of us for. Um, so why don't yeah. you go ahead and, and give us that? Yeah, I'm going to, so we'll run down our, inaugural yeah this is the way i think it should go anyways i think like preseason top 25 stuff it's only all it is is something to talk about you know so exactly i mean i'm all for not having any kind of poll or anything that affects you know you know where where you start and everything it's just it's just to talk about you know so i like having a poll after there's been three or four games under everybody's belts you know you can get just a more accurate start to it you know um but anyways so the inaugural beers and buckets top 25. Um, so obviously we're going to have to slot Gonzaga number one. Um, I mean, they've been, you know, pretty much nothing but impressive uh, so far, but they're going to have a couple, obviously a couple really, really tough tests this week. Um, and then uh, against one of those teams uh, this week, our number two, uh, UCLA. So, we're going to have one versus two in uh, in the Beers and Buckets Top 25 coming up. And um, a team that is, you know, maybe was a little bit under the radar and, you know, not a team that everybody put in their top five or, or so um, to start the season is Purdue. That's our number three. Um, they've been extremely impressive and look like they have all the pieces uh, to make a deep run this year. And uh, we're going to put Duke at number four. Um, they've got tons of talent. And uh, Kay lets that talent shine. So, um, obviously, off their win uh, against Kentucky, you know, kind of vaults them up a few spots, and they've maintained that uh, so far. So, your top four there. Um, and then we're going to follow that with Kansas, Baylor, Villanova, and then Kentucky in at number eight, um, you know, kind of playing like a, you know, like the lowest uh, two seed right now if the tournament was seeded today. And then 
I had Michigan at number nine, but oh, I think they got to drop out. We're gonna have to drop them way down. Yeah. Uh, at least to the twenties. Yeah. At so, least to the twenties. And that was one. That was one that I was like, you know, I was, I actually had this, uh, you know, kind of established before the game tonight. So um, I said, drop them to like twenty three and move everyone else up one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Yeah, we're going to have to drop them after their performance against Arizona tonight. Uh, so following them, we're, we'll have Alabama come in at number nine. Um, they've been pretty impressive so far, but if Iona and Rick uh, you know, pull the upset this week, they'll be dropping out of the top ten, obviously. Yep. And so then we'll follow that up with Memphis, uh, Arkansas, Houston, and then Texas at number 14. And then Florida in at number 15. I think they've been pretty impressive so far this year. Yeah. I think they're a top 15 they catap- team. catapulted into the top five. Yeah. yeah, so they're, I've got we've got them at uh, 15. And then another SEC team following them, Auburn at 16. Um, Illinois at 17. They've dropped off a little bit um, early in the season. They started out around 10 or 12 this year. Um, they were at 10 um, in the uh, AP poll last week. So they've, they've dropped down all the way to 17. And then another uh, SEC team coming in at number eighteen, Tennessee. They, um, you know, bounced back today with a with a good uh, a good effort. So we'll have them at eighteen. And then you've got Oregon dropping down quite a bit after losing to BYU. And then I've got the Bonnies of Saint Bonaventure. Um, I think they have uh, earned the right to be in the top twenty. Um, so excuse me, they're actually going to be at nineteen, uh, Saint Bonaventure. I uh, missed Michigan dropping down there. So you've got 20 UConn, 22 USC, um, and then we'll put Michigan at number 23 uh, per Connor's request. And then uh, right after Michigan, I've got BYU and coming into the top 25 this week. I think they're, I think they're easily a top 25 to 30 team right now in college basketball. I agree. Um, and then following them, Seton Hall. Um, at uh 24 and then rounding out the top 25 barely hanging in there um they started they've dropped 10 or 15 spots since the season began but we'll keep the ohio state buckeyes in the top 25 um for this week and we'll see how they do from there yeah i I mean i think they're they're on upset alert but we'll see right um yeah i i think that's all good i think i think the the way that it's shaping out is that like some of these, you know, like Texas didn't really look like a number five team in the nation. That right. doesn't mean they, they won't look like you better at the end of the right. year, but it's hard to make a bunch of transfers work. It's not just rolling the, the ball out in the court, you know, you, right. get you don't know. I mean, play. you know, beard is in a whole new environment. Um, you know, we know how it goes at Texas. I mean, there's pressure, mm-hmm. even on the basketball side, there's pressure. Um, yeah. And you know, you, I mean, they have the best player in program history on the roster right, right now. <laughs> so exactly, I mean. they got an all timer on the roster. So you think <laughs> that they would? Uh, they'll they'll get it together eventually. Um, but it's going to be, you know, they may be a team that drops out of the top twenty five for a while, um, and we'll see if they can bounce back. Um, but they've been, you know, kind of sluggish to start the year, definitely. Um, so just by my count, we've got. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six SEC teams, I believe, in the top 25. Uh, right to see now. it, man. So, Just means more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even on the basketball cool. side. Yeah, it's um, going to be so, great. I mean, I, I'm sure 
SEC. <laughs> I'm sure the uh, the network is really happy about all this because you know, like years past, it's like, why are we giving you know? People are like, right. why are we giving the SEC their own network? They only play one season, and that's football. And you know, really, like they've they've taken over pretty much all the sports. Yeah, except for I mean, like wrestling. You know, like that's I know that, I know that. Yeah, and like you know. Um, a lot of the Olympic, you know, some of the Olympic sports and things like that, that Stanford and UCLA and those teams out West still dominate. But yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good looking, that's a pretty good looking top 25, I think to start mm-hmm. the year. I mean, there's a lot of good, a lot of good teams out there. I think the transfer portal has made, you know, given a lot of teams the ability to kind of, you know, come out of the, come out of nowhere and, and just kind of shoot up there into the top 25 and surprise some people. Um, yeah, definitely. but then also it's, it's, it's caused some teams like Texas, um, to drop, you know, and they're trying to put the pieces together and figure out, you know, how they're going to play and who's going to do what on the floor. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, but you've got, I mean, the Bonnies looked great. BYU obviously has looked great. Seton Hall looks strong. Uh, USC shot up there. They've been solid to start the year. Um, a lot of West Coast flavor um, in the top 25 right now. So um, it's kind of spread all across the country right now, and that's that's a good thing to see. Yeah, definitely. I agree. What do you think, Bradley? Any any comments to add to that? Oh, no, that's uh, – I mean, that can't argue with that list. I think that's a very well put together list. Um, just Thank watching you, this Arizona-Michigan <laughs> game. Arizona is going to be up there at some point. Yeah, I think at some point they will. It's it's amazing that they're doing this with the first time head coach. Yeah. Um, so we we'll see. I'm I'm just amazed at how Michigan can't stop them. Yeah. Especially that number thirty five player. Like he's looking really good right yeah. now. He's making uh, Hunter think, Dickinson look like like yeah. not as good as we thought he was. Yeah. I mean, I think that that might actually be Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they look good. So, all right, well, now it's time for the last call. This is just any parting thoughts that we have, any hot takes that we have. Um, this could be a fireball shot. This could just be one more sip of Mountain Dew. This could be whatever you want. Um, but this is I'm just like out. wrapping up this episode here. So give me your last calls, guy. My hot take, Gonzaga will lose one game this year and be the national champion. Oh, man. Was that I your? That, I don't think that's a hot take, personally. But uh, well, I, mean, I, I I guess the hot take would be only losing one game because they so, have that tough little stretch there. So where where I want to know where they're going to lose their game? Is it going to be this week, or is it going to be in their conference tournament? What do you think is going to happen overall? You know, in their season. Now I know that earlier in our predictions, I did this, so I'm covering my bases. All right. But, so either way, it happens. I'll say they lose to Duke. Okay. Because, I mean, their conference is is a joke. They just need to join the Pac-12. They lose to Duke this this week, or they meet up in the tournament and lose to Duke? Oh, no. Well, I guess you say they're going to meet up in the – yeah, obviously, that was a stupid question. No, no, that's fine. Uh, (laughs) No, it's just – So you think think because last year they – obviously had the pressure of trying to go undefeated. Yeah. You think losing a game this year in October in the, yeah. in, you know, in, sorry, uh, November, uh, they're just going to kind of have that, not have that pressure and going to be able to finish it out this year. You think? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I last year, that. last year they had as talented a roster as anyone. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there there's no reason that Baylor should have beat them. It's just that pre- – I mean, I, I know this isn't a strictly a Kentucky podcast, but all three of us are Kentucky fans. That 14-15 team, part of what got it was pressure. Oh, yeah. And, there's, and no, just, there's no denying it. I mean, every, you can you – know, you people can say that's not an issue yep. and they, they weren't thinking about it, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, man, the worst thing that happened, I mean, the worst thing that happened is, and I still can hear him saying it right now, but, and I don't, you know, I can't remember uh, if back in when UNLV was undefeated in in 91, uh, when they got beat by Duke, if, if Jim Nance, when he was introducing, when they were introducing the teams and he didn't even do it back then, it was the PA announcer that, that did the starting lineups. But when Nance in 2015 in Indianapolis, was doing the starting lineups, you know, in the arena or in the stadium, he said, you know, the, the undefeated Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah. That, that was the nail in the coffin right there. Right. Yeah. I mean, Nance, dude, what are you doing, man? Yeah. I mean, that's just extra fuel. Game. Right. It and sucked. so, and I was like, man, I just, that's just bad mojo. Yeah. And so undefeated, I mean, it hasn't happened in, 45 years for a reason you know and so uh it's just hard to do man so not having that pressure is a huge you know weight off your shoulders no matter what anybody says okay well if that's not a hot enough of a take yeah here's (laughs) here's here's a hotter take all right give us another one severe wheeler sec player of the year that's tough man um i feel like I feel like that has to go to Oscar Shibway mm. because there isn't a big man in college basketball that's doing what he's doing right now. Sure. Um, and there's just a lot of good guards in the SEC this year. So, and not that Severe Willer just blends in. It's just you look at Oscar's numbers. I mean, obviously it's dipped since he had zero points the other yeah. night, but um, I mean, he was averaging 18 and 18, which mm. is insane. As, as much as I would love it if Oscar maintained 18 and 18. Is that yeah. really feasible for a no? Season? It's definitely not. But he's going to be a uh, he's going to average fifteen and ten or something like that. You know, maybe even more rebounds and points or something. But mm. um, yeah. all in all, it'll be uh, you know, like I, I think it's I think it's going to Oscar Sheepway unless unlike yeah. unless he goes down with an injury, God forbid, or mm-hmm. um, uh, unless he just has like you know, like he's just doing against lesser competition, which we saw was not the case with Duke. Um, I just think Oscar Sheway is gonna he's gonna definitely take mm-hmm. that title um over anyone in the SEC currently. Yeah. But I mean if if Severe ends up averaging double digit assists, he'd definitely be in conversations. It's like it's at that point it's gonna be like what does the SEC value more, like big yeah. man versus guard. So yeah. We will see for sure. Give me All your right. take. Give me your give me your last call, Kyle. All right, my last call. Here's what I'm here's what I'm hype about right now. When I was watching the um the UK Ohio game. You know, a lot of times a lot of times Cal likes to talk about how we play our game, we dictate the game, and really there aren't many I, I always disagree with him when he says that. I think I think what we have done for the most part is you know, we've we've got our guys out there and we let other teams dictate the game to us way too often. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless Cal grinds it out and runs the circle set, you know, um, 
he never dictates anything. We let the other team dictate way too often. But what we didn't do against Ohio, uh, that's exactly what we didn't do against Ohio last week. We dictated the second half completely. Cal pushed the pace constantly. Severe was under control. Um, Ty Ty was under control, but we were pushing. We were getting shots. We were shooting open shots. We were penetrating. Um, we were pushing the pace, and we wore or UK wore Ohio out in that second half last week, and that's what I love to see. I want to see that more. I want to see it often, um, all season from Cal being aggressive. You know, playing nine, ten, eleven guys, pushing the pace, letting Severe distribute. Um, being aggressive defensively, but when you can get it, you know, push the pace and get good shots um, as soon as you can. Because I believe, and I've always believed, that when you have the superior talent and athleticism, more possessions is better than less possessions. And Cal yeah. too often has, you know, stopped the point guard in his tracks, grinded it out, ran the circle set, um, you know, and and we were trying, we're getting shots with five seconds left in the shot clock. I think you let your talent dictate the game and by pushing the pace getting more shots that's exactly what you're doing so i loved seeing that from cal uh last week and i hopefully hopefully that's a trend for this season yeah i i agree i agree 100 i think kentucky fans just need to take a step back here and and look at the season as a, at a whole like if this team takes a you know maybe like four or five losses it's not the end of the world um, oh, yeah. If they lose to uh, you know to a ranked Alabama team, like it's not going to kill us. Um, but I'm just I'm 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 waiting for the inevitable freak out when you know, Kentucky loses to a team they shouldn't, because it's going to happen the season at some point. And I'd rather it happen earlier in the year than in March. Um, yeah. But this team, you've seen it. You know they the fact that they you know their best players were out for a majority of the first half against a, a tournament team and they had a two-point lead going into halftime, um, that, that says a lot. And when uh, you have Kellen Grady, who is a 2,000-point scorer, who had zero looks on the, you know, like on the night, um, and we score 77 points or however many points we scored, that's the kind of depth that we have missed at Kentucky for a long time, um, right. since like 2015. Um, even that, and I love it, it's probably one of my favorite Cal teams is the 16-17 Fox yeah. Monk Bam team. There was a stretch in like February where it was hard to watch and they yeah. didn't they did they had a you know a rough stretch. I don't think this team will go through a rough stretch. I think they'll just run into a really good team like Bama or um Arkansas who can light it up from three and uh just you know they're gonna make more shots than us. But um right now as it stands, this should be a team that a lot of Kentucky fans should be excited for. And it's okay if we take a loss or two, you know, or or five. It's okay because we need to learn from the mistakes now versus March. So um, that's my last call. I'm sticking with it. With that said, <laughs> we are going to end the show. It was a pleasure having you on Bradley again. Like it was so fun. I appreciate you joining us and, you know, making us laugh with your uh, Tennessee jokes and, <laughs> you know, your Mountain oh, Dew more. review. Got yeah, I'm sure you got plenty. So, <laughs> like I said, he's a great follow especially for me like i'm a uk fan not living in kentucky so i just get the brunt of it and i'm sure you do in, Be in memphis oh too. yeah yeah so um if you are a uk fan or if you're a fan of anybody that and you're living in a different city like you can relate to my tweets you can relate to bradley's tweets so follow us on twitter i'm at connor j caldwell that's connor with an e not an o 
Um, you can find me there on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you can follow Bradley at 270-Bradley-Smith. And you also should check out his podcast, Bradley's Basketball Banter. He, he goes really in-depth. He's been to a lot of recruiting events. He's been to the Iverson Classic. He's been to a bunch of fun events. So um, he has a lot of basketball knowledge, and he's here strictly for buckets. So you should check him out. And uh, you can follow Kyle at UK Fan Kyle. Wish our boy Dal some uh, good health. He's been sick this week. Um, so pray for him. Thoughts and prayers for him. And uh, we'll, whenever we hear back from Matt, we can let you know an update on that. But uh, for now, that is Beers and Buckets. We're, thank you for again for listening. And uh, don't forget to review and follow us on Twitter. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It's Feast Week. Let's go.